What's up, everybody? Welcome to Wrestling With Cards, the podcast. I'm your host, Zane Morning, and today we're going to be going over the 1997 WWF Cardinal Trivia Wrestling Cards. should say we're revisiting, because I did cover this whole set on my YouTube channel. If you are unfamiliar, make sure to go check out my YouTube channel, Wrestling With Cards, same name as this show, where you can see video versions of the stuff I'm talking about on this audio-only podcast. Wow, this set has become incredibly sought after. Just imagine, you run a company that creates a trivia card game. Uh, for when you have a major wrestling license in the WWF, 1997, only to have it turn into some of the most valuable wrestling cards on the market 20 years later. There are some key cards in this set that are really driving the value, but there are a few other cards as well that I think are a little underrated. We'll touch on that later. And I'm also going to give you my top five cards in this set. But before we get into that, just a few show announcements. Make sure to head over to my YouTube channel, same name as I stated before, Wrestling With Cards. It's a platform where I started all of this wrestling card content craziness. And this show you're listening to is meant to be just an audio companion to those videos. If you like those videos, please subscribe. Share it with a friend. Also, if you like this show, the audio version, please consider subscribing and sharing it on all social platforms as that's the best way to get the word out to everyone else in the wrestling community, sports card, trading card community, etc. Also, feel free to tag me in any of the posts and leave a review for the show. I'm also involved in another podcast called Worlds Collide, where I team up with Tony Vela from WrestlingTradingCards.com to discuss all things wrestling cards, so make sure to check that show out as well. And if you enjoy all of the content that I'm putting out and would like to show your support, check out Wrestling With Cards on Patreon, where you can get early access, bonus patron-only content, as well as help shape the future of the Wrestling With Cards content on both the video and audio sides. Links to everything I've talked about are in the show notes. So let's talk about the 1997 WWF Cardinal Trivia Wrestling Card set. Produced in 1997 by the Cardinal Company, this was originally intended to be a card game or board game, either one. The box did come with trivia cards, a pencil, and a dice. Now the trivia cards would have, you know, your standard questions with the answers on the other side. But they also had these wrestling cards. The set contained 30 wrestling character cards in total. Each card featured the wrestler's name, the image on the front, with numbers, like random numbers on the back, and the WWF logo on the back, front and center. Which, of course, WWF logo trumps everything, according to Vince McMahon. The numbers on the back of these cards somehow correlate with the trivia game, but since I never actually played the game, I'm really not sure how exactly that worked. So uh, reach out to me on social media if you have played this game. Let me know how those numbers work. The card designs are pretty basic. The cards are also smaller than standard trading card sizes that we're used to. I would say the width is pretty close, but uh, they're not quite as tall. They're shorter. So when you put them in penny sleeves and top loaders, there's bigger space at the top. Now we've seen these slabbed, and they're front and center on the slab. They look great. The names associated with this set are pretty interesting. In 1997, you had a kind of strange time 
bridging the new generation era with the attitude era. Thus, you get characters from both of those time periods, which makes for an interesting card set. Names like Flash Funk, Fake Diesel, Furnace and Lafon, The Goon, Spark Plug Bob Holly. You get those guys mixed with names that everybody knows that exploded in the Attitude Era. Steve Austin, or should I say Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, Bret Hart, The Rock. Man, you mix those guys with The Goon, what a mix. And this variety of names in this set appeals to many people. You have the true wrestling fans and the set collectors getting all the names they love to watch in one box, complete set. But you also have the big name Hall of Famers with key cards, satisfying that investor or the high-end collector. High-end, what? Trivia card games are high-end? Well, if you haven't noticed lately, there are a few cards in this set that are really taking the card world, not just the wrestling card world, the entire hobby by storm. Everyone is looking to get their hands on some of these cards. Prices have gone through the roof, and I'm going to touch on a few of those cards. So the few cards that have really driven up the set within the past year or so um, just exploded in popularity. And this money coming into these cards isn't necessarily from your traditional wrestling card collectors. We're seeing sports card influencers on their platforms talking about the Rocky Maivia card from this set, flashing their PSA 10s or BGS 9.5s. We've also seen some big institutional money coming into the hobby that could possibly be into some of these cards as well. Who really knows? People then also started looking at the Stone Cold Steve Austin that's in this set as that's one of his first WWF cards as the Stone Cold gimmick. Then people started looking at the Triple H card, because that's one of his earlier cards that was released in the WWF. He had a few magazine cards before that, I believe, and I want to say like a sticker, but this is right around that same time period, so it's picked up. But there are still some cards in this set that I feel are undervalued, and I'm not saying that these cards are going to get anywhere near the dollar amount or the popularity of the Stone Cold Triple H Rock cards, but just that people really aren't talking about these cards, and they are true legends in wrestling that have cards in other sets that are, you know, elevated in value and popularity. I'm talking about guys like Bret Hart, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, and Mankind. Those guys are all in this set, and I think they're really underpriced, and I think their cards in this set are actually really good-looking cards. I feel like even those names could translate over to the mainstream world of cards, trading cards, whether you know, you're know you into magic, whether you're into sports cards. I think a lot of these household names in wrestling people know and remember, and even if they might not be a massive wrestling fan, they may, they may still be able to feel that nostalgia that these cards represent and remember, oh yeah, I used to watch wrestling. Wow, this is a cool looking card. Combination of those two things means... They might buy it. And what does mainstream mean? And now a quick word from our sponsors. And let's get back into the show. I've talked about this a few times before in social and on my channel, my YouTube channel. A little bit on this show, but mostly on my YouTube channel. When I talk about mainstream, I'm talking about surpassing, you know, pop into pop culture. We've seen The Rock. You know, he's got Young Rock. He's got movies. He's got 
TV shows, commercials. He played football, of course, wrestling, all over the place. Started his own company. So when you say there, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's like the most followed person on Instagram. So there's that. But then, you know, you bring up guys in this set like Crush, Furnace and Lafon. You know, if you show the, mention those names or show those cards to your common mainstream person, they're going to have no idea who these people are. And they're probably also not going to care. So that is just a quick rundown of the cards in this set. Again, go back and watch the three-part video series I did on these on my YouTube channel, the same name, Wrestling With Cards. Even though it's one of my earlier videos and my video quality and production and editing has all improved since then, I show off the entire set and I think there's some really valuable information in these videos. And now on to my top five cards in this set. And usually when I'm doing my top five, I'm not necessarily saying these are the most valuable. These are the five you should go buy. There's some of that kind of baked into this equation, but I'm also just telling you about my favorite five cards in this set, whether they're worth a penny or whether they're worth a million dollars. It doesn't matter. These are just my favorite five cards in each set. So today's set, 1997 WWF Cardinal Trivia Cards, number five, kind of a tie here. Couldn't make a decision. Had to go with a tie between Fake Diesel and The Goon. Now I know what you're thinking. Zan, you've lost your mind. You're picking two cards of wrestlers that nobody cares about. Well, first off, yeah, I probably have lost my mind years ago. But second, this is an example of what trading cards are all about. Let me explain. When I look at these two cards, it sends me right back to the new generation era. Remember I said there was some new generation Attitude Era crossover? Well, here you go. Watching WWF Livewire, Mania, and Superstars on the weekend, early mornings, a bowl of cereal, I loved it. And these two guys represent that, because I would see these two guys quite a bit. It also sends me back to the transition period the WWF was going through at this time. And it also represents major names in pro wrestling in otherwise unknown gimmicks. I'm a huge wrestling history guy, so I... You know, that's one reason why I like old school wrestling. Uh, I don't know as much about some of the stuff like prior to the 70s, but I love watching it and learning about it when I can find it. So here you have Glenn Jacobs, otherwise known as Unibomb in Smoky Mountain, otherwise known as Isaac Yankum, just a year or two prior to this card coming out, otherwise known as what many of you would know, Kane. So here we go, an Attitude Era guy in a gimmick in the new generation era. Here he is portraying fake diesel in the middle of the Kevin Nash, Scott Hall jump to WCW creating NWO, essentially creating Monday Night Wars. So this card represents a lot just there, right there. And you have Wild Bill Irwin of Long Riders tag team fame. They were in the AWA, which I grew up loving, world class, and then NWA World Championship Wrestling. He's portraying the goon here which was an interesting character because he had the hockey entrance theme. He had the he had the boots that were shaped like hockey skates, which I'm still trying to figure out how he wrestled in those. And, you know, these cards may never go up in value, and they may never represent blue-chip assets, but they do represent fun, and really that's what trading cards are all about. Card number four, Jerry the King Lawler. I've always been a huge Jerry Lawler fan. 
but growing up, I only knew of his WWF commentary work. Little did I know that he was a wrestling legend out of Memphis. I discovered that stuff as I got older through tape trading and online video. But the thing I love about this card is once again the time period. I talked about that with the last two cards, The Goon and Fake Diesel. But during this time, this card represents to me the era that Lawler was in a feud with ECW. Yes, that's right. Jerry Lawler invited that ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling, or as Jerry liked to put it, Extremely Crappy Wrestling, to come on to Monday Night Raw and showcase their talents. I remember watching this live and I couldn't believe it. A promotion that I had never heard of invading WWF Monday Night Raw? I only thought there was WCW and WWF. What's going on? And ECW had even crazier, more violent superstars than the WWF. That, my friends, was my first introduction to extreme championship wrestling. After that, I started buying as many wrestling magazines as I could find talking about ECW, which then led me into this thing called independent wrestling. Yes, that's right. Learning about the small organizations around the world that I could only pretty much get through magazines. It really opened my eyes to a world of pro wrestling that I didn't know existed. Up until then, you know, like I said, I only knew WWF and WCW or NWA in the 80s. So once again, a picture of a man in tights with a crown on his head on a piece of cardboard that brings back all of those memories and all of the learning experiences I went through through the mid to late 90s of wrestling. Man, I love trading cards. Card number three, Triple H. So this card checks in at number three for me purely based on historic significance. Wow, look at this. This is the third card in a row that's talking about historic significance. Aren't trading cards great learning tools? I'm really not a fan of this card, nor am I or was I a fan of this incarnation of Hunter Hearst Townsley. But what this card represents to me is a man becoming a legend before our eyes. Slowly we saw Hunter Hearst Townsley transform into Triple H, and then we got the game version of Triple H, and then eventually he becomes the big shot at NXT. And with him being married into the McMahon family, could this be the eventual head of WWE down the road? I'm not sure. Time will tell. But for all of those reasons, this card is my ranked number three card in this set. Card number two, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Really the best card in this set, in my opinion. This image just brings back the glass shattering, the beer drinking, middle finger flipping that was Steve Austin during that Monday Night Wars time. This is one of his first WWF cards in the Stone Cold Steve Austin gimmick, and for that reason alone, this card is important. This card has gone up in value and should continue to, but it just hasn't taken off like the previous Triple H card or the next card on the list, which is the number one card, and it's probably pretty easy to guess at this point, Rocky Maivia. Clearly, this is the card to own in this set. Everybody knows at this point how culturally relevant The Rock is. One of the biggest accounts on Instagram and movies and TV shows and wrestling, etc. All that I mentioned before. With this being one of his earliest WWF cards, people are flocking to this. Now, if you are a fan of The Rock, this is a must-own card. If you are a fan of key iconic cards of the greatest of all time in their field, regardless of the sports or category of card that it is, then this is also a must-own card. Prices are getting crazy on these. Back when I first started buying these, you could find them raw, 
around $50, give or take some, you know, as low as 20, some a little bit higher. I thought that was expensive at the time. But that being said, ask me again a year or so from now, what could those current prices look like compared to what they are right now? Even though we think the current prices are a little too expensive, they could be a huge steal compared to what they could be even in six months. I'm just saying this because I strongly feel that if you were interested in adding this card to your collection, the best time to buy was yesterday because it's just going to continue gradually going up in price. Thanks again for downloading and listening to this show. And if you enjoy my content and you feel like I'm bringing you value, please subscribe and share the show on all social platforms. Make sure to tag me in it. Let's build and branch out this wrestling card community to everyone. Let's reach out to the Pokemon fans. Let's reach out to the sports cards fans. Let's reach out to the wrestling fans who don't collect wrestling cards. Let's get everybody involved and just have some fun. I greatly appreciate your time. Until next time, keep buying wrestling cards, and I'll see you later.